Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. My name is Jason. This is episode 233. How are you doing today? Have you had a good day? It's been a it's been a fairly good day, I would say, around here. We've uh, not solved any of life's greatest mysteries, but at the same time, we've not opened the gates to an eldritch horror beyond our description and comprehension. And, you know, I call that a... That's a victory. On every level. Since last we spoke, uh, we have some new stuff at the site, and it's not all from me! Believe it or not, we've got some more Tales of Fantasia. That's almost done. We have some more Popful Mail. That is also about halfway done by now. And Coolio has started adding some of his Kirby All-Star Legend thing. Uh, we've got Kirby's Dreamland, Kirby's Pinball Land, and Kirby's Adventure up there. So get over and get to watching. I've gotten back to remembering to add um, Mystery Science Theater to the site. Uh, so we've got the first four episodes of Season 6, which include Girls Town, Invasion USA, The Dead Talk Back, a favorite of mine, oh it's true, and Zombie Nation, uh, starring Adam West. Well, starring, co-starring, I don't know, Adam West is in it, and it's a movie, and there's a zombie, he plays baseball. Not making that up. We also have the continuing saga of the 365 days of the Super Nintendo with uh, such more recent episodes as Battle Blaze and God of War soundtracks coming up as well. Uh, we've got some other soundtracks, of course, coming up in the near future, uh, some of which are going to be more God of War stuff. We've got some uh, more retro kind of things coming up as well. And uh, other than that, business as usual around these parts.
money, the root of all evil. King Magrid sold out. Obsessed with the desire for wealth, he cut a dastardly deal with the ruler of evil. Now the Frile Empire is in shambles and you are chosen to save it. Free the kingdom's captive souls, teach the king a thing or two about integrity. Rescue a beautiful maiden. Liberate an imprisoned inventory. You'll, you'll boldly traverse the six complex stages in this action RPG. An array of weapons, armor, and magic are at your disposal. After you revive the kingdom, you will confront Death Toll. Then make him pay. This is Soul Blazer, developed by Quintet, published by Enix America, released in 1992 for the Super Nintendo. It is an action RPG, and it's part one of the Soul Blazer trilogy. Uh, the other two games are not Soul Blazer. Uh, this is... Gameplay-wise, it's similar to Illusion of Gaia. A little bit. A little bit of Terra Enigma kind of stuff going on. And made all by the same people, of course, so it does have that same vibe to it. And, um... I, I liked it. I'd never really played it, never given it much of a chance before the Let's Play, because I wanted to do the trilogy, because I'm weird like that. And you know what? I liked it. It's um, it's hard. It's got some really unique and interesting stage designs. Uh, the magic system is kind of unique. The combat system is just basic, just like Illusion of Gaia, just like Terranigma. Um, kind of Zelda-y in that aspect, but pretty good music. Uh, Good graphics for 1992, game plays good, game sounds good, game looks good, and gives you plenty of challenge to worry about as well.
I thought it was just me that wasn't going to like this game, but looking at the reviews, holy crap. Three and a half is the highest this game got. Uh, Metacritic, average score from six reviews, 33 out of a possible 1,700. No, out of a possible 100. Um, looking around, I don't see any names that we're familiar with. So we're going to pick this one. Pretty generic. And let's do. That's what the review is called. Um, that one, because that one's a, it'll be the dissenting opinion. Starting with possibly dethrones Contra Alien Wars EX or Mortal Kombat Advance as the trashiest port of a good game to the GBA. Uh, I picked this one because the title. Uh, also, because that was the whole point of playing this game, ports that missed the mark, uh, are reviewed by the most generic person ever, Video Gamer 1030, and was reviewed in August of 2009. Hey, almost to the day. Good job. The original Sonic the Hedgehog was a great game. While it may not have been the Mario killer that Sega made it out to be, Sonic the Hedgehog held its own and kicked off one of the most famed and most entertaining video game series. The Game Boy Advance was known for porting older games, and the original Sonic seemed to be a perfect candidate. Even though the ports weren't always the best, they were of good quality. This game, on the other hand, has to be the worst port of a great game to GBA. Even making that horrible Contra Alien Wars EX on GBA look like it is decent. And heavens, no, it is not. Sonic's GBA port did not replicate Sonic's awesome speed and fantastic audio. The speed is abysmal, the image quality is choppy, the control is slippery, the glitches are out of control, and the music and sound is completely butchered. GBA ports are known to drop the original quality of 16-bit ports, but not to this degree. It's disgraceful, since the Sonic Advance games that were built from scratch play perfectly fine. Aside from the aesthetic and gameplay problems, the game has no new content aside from the spin dash move. The spin dash allows Sonic to charge up speed quickly so he doesn't need to backtrack. It's a useful move to use, but it shouldn't be the only new feature of the game. At the very least, the game should have included the addition of Tails and Knuckles, a new level, and the ability to transform into Super Sonic. Unfortunately, the game had no worthwhile additions, and they only changed for the worst. The only thing that can be said about this port is how it did not bring the joy of the Sonic games. The best levels of Sonic games are the speedy, quick platforming games like Green Hill Zone and Starlight Zone. Since the port failed to capture Sonic's speed, the fun of those levels is completely stripped. Some of the other levels of the game, like Labyrinth Zone for instance, were more platform and puzzle based. You would think these levels are a tad easier to play on the port, but these are even more slow spaced, and there is a ton of slowdown present in every level. The only positive thing I can say about this game is that all the sprites and levels are left intact and that it's playable. There are no areas edited out, which is a plus. I can't say the same thing for Contra Alien Wars EX, which took out all the overhead levels. Overall, 2 out of 10. Even if you desperately want to play Sonic 1 in portable form, like I did, this game is still a failure. Was this game even tested? If you want Sonic 1, just the Mega Collection for GameCube, PS2, Xbox 360, or perhaps the Wii Virtual Console version. If you want it in portable form, get Sega Genesis Collection on the PSP. The game itself is great. This port is absolutely not. Graphics 7, Gameplay 2, Story 5, Audio 2, Lasting Appeal 0. Rating 1. Terrible.
Uh, you know what? I'm not even a big Sonic fan, but I found the original Sonic when we raced it much more fun than this. Yeah, if you want to know how I feel, go and watch the Let's Play I did. It's short. It's one episode. Uh, yeah. Let's see what Dark Sonic 03 thought, though. Uh, 2007. June 2007, this review. Not a complete failure, but it doesn't set the world on fire, either. Ever since I got Sonic 2 along with my Genesis in 1992, I have been a huge fan of Sega's Speedy Blue Hedgehog. Now, 15 years later, the very first Sonic game hits the Game Boy Advance. How has it aged, and how well has it made the transition from console to handheld? Gameplay 6.9 out of 10. Nice. Contrary to how bad critics bash the game's unplayable nature, Sonic Genesis is playable. Granted, there are moments of lag and slowdown, and bad nicks can ambush you out of nowhere, but for the most part, it plays fairly nicely. Control is tight. Mostly. The physics of the game probably could have used some tinkering. Sonic seems to have a hard time slowing down after a jump, and he doesn't seem to go as fast as he should when he slams into a vertical springboard. He also jumps higher than he did in the original. Still, as I've said, it's not impossible to play. Hold on, hold on. I like that I like that his argument for it being unplayable is that it is playable, it just doesn't play well. It's like, no, you can play it. It's just not fun to play. Two options are available to you when you start. Original and Anniversary Mode. Anniversary Mode simply allows you to use Sonic's patented Spin Dash ability, though you can't seem to charge it up in this game. Just hit down an A and off you go. Also, a save system is featured so you can pick up at the first act of a zone you left off at. However, this doesn't work for any collected Chaos Emeralds. Speaking of those gems, the special, special stages, that's something I'm not happy about. When you're sitting on a reserve block in the zone, a reverse block, excuse me, the maze jerks right and left very fast until you jump or fall off the block, which didn't happen in the original. It's also, Sonic also performs very short and fast jumps and he free falls very slowly, like he's in water. It's also a real pain to jump off of walls and other floating blocks. Still not a total disaster. Everything about it is bad, but it's not a total disaster, guys. Graphics, 7.8 out of 10. Unchanged from the Genesis. You are a liar. Or you are blind. You can't see as much around Sonic due to the GBA's diminutive screen size, so you have to you have less time to react to an obstacle. Still, Sonic looks Sonic looks good. <laughs> Lava flows smoothly. No, it doesn't. Spike balls look very painful. Well, yeah, how hard is that? But I could have sworn the clouds in Green Hill didn't move super fast. Also note that the text font used to display zone names and score totals have been slightly altered, most likely to give it a sleeker next-gen style. Sound 7.5. Because of the tiny speaker, or speakers depending on if you're playing this on a DS, the soundtracks and effects have been altered. Music sounds slightly higher in pitch as does the sound of badniks being bashed. I still like how it screams SEGA when you start it up. Classic. Is this who I think it is? Yes it is. I told you not to call me randomly. I'm going to be busy. Overall, 7 out of 10. To be fair, Sonic Genesis is not an exact port, and neither is it flawless. Porting a game from a full-fledged console to a tiny handheld is tricky. Still, it is playable. And if you've got a hankering for some old-school platforming, robotnik-kicking action, then Sonic Genesis is worth your time, indeed. Rating 3.5. Good. 3.5 is the highest rating anybody gave this uh, game, and two people did. But I really... Oh, excuse me. Excuse me, one, two, three people did. Uh, Sephiroth, Dark Sonic, and Platinum Sonic. People with Sonic in their name like this game. I wonder if they might be a little biased. 
So he's wrong about a lot of things. Um, the graphics are not the same. I mean, it may be the same graphic, but they are not the same. Uh, everything's been scaled down, everything's been compressed all to hell. Uh, same with the music. I mean, he mentions it being a little higher pitch, but he doesn't mention it being slower, and it felt slower to me. The whole thing feels slower, and if if the if your mascot's motto, if his catchphrase, if his logo is gotta go fast, you don't put him in a situation where he can't do that. You know what I mean? Sonic's whole thing is about speed. It's it's like even when they made Mario an RPG, Mario could still jump. This is like Sonic saying, you know, I don't feel like it today. And then he does that for the entire game. Uh, this is not a good game. Uh, Dark Sonic, while you didn't really have... Nobody had, like, real problems with their reviews. There are worse reviews. There's a half. There's a couple of halves. Um, there, there are worse reviews. There are, there are worse games. But, I've, I mean... As much as you, like, if I was a Sonic the Hedgehog fan, I would be offended at this. Just because of how, like, it's like, okay. Let me, let me put this in terms that you can relate to if you know me at all. I like RPGs. I like tactical RPGs. I like Final Fantasy Tactics. I think it is a fantastic, fantastic video game. And I really, really love it, and I really enjoy playing it, and I'm doing a replay of it right now. Not uploading it, but I'm recording it. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance was a thing that I found right after I bought my GBA, and I bought it. Then I was very excited because Final Fantasy Tactics, perfect. And Advance, it's a Nintendo system. You got to put the name of the system in the title of the game so you know what you can play it on. Super Nintendo, Mario 64, uh, Sonic. Well, Sonic didn't get the Advance. Tactics Advance then. Uh, I played that whole game, and I immediately took it out, and I physically burned it. It was so bad. So bad. This game, also so bad.
Now that you've listened to some music from Soul Blazer and I have taken my dinner out of the oven, let's read some news. Our lead story... We don't actually have a headline for our lead story. This No lead story. That is our lead story. Lake Worth, Florida. No parentheses either. They must have listened. Homeowner, uh, Lake Worth, Florida homeowner Phil Framwene emerged from his house on July 19th to find a white Tesla not only parked on his lawn, but tethered to an outlet on his house charging the car's battery. Framaney told WPBF he waited a couple of hours and called police. The car was not stolen, and police were able to contact the owner who showed up around noon and told Framaney he'd been visiting friends in the neighborhood when the battery died around midnight. Framaney declined to press charges, pun intended, no, that's shut up, and did not ask for reimbursement for the 12 hours of electricity the car used. Nicer guy than me, I came home one day to find somebody had plugged an RV into the outlet on the back of my house. I unplugged it, came back the next morning, it was plugged in again. I unplugged it again and left a note, said if it's plugged in one more time, I'm cutting the end off your cable. It was not plugged in one more time. And had you just asked? No problem, we'll let you do it. You didn't ask, so there you go. Recent alarming headline, there you go. Maybe this is making up for it. Alex Bonilla, 49, took revenge on an, to an extreme, excuse me, on the man he told police he'd caught cheating with his wife in May, according to WCJB. On July 14th, Gilchrist County, parenthesis, Florida, <laughs> sheriff deputy said Bonilla entered the house in the town of Bell. Uh, entered a house in the town of Bell, firing a gunshot and forcing a man inside into a bedroom where he tied up the man and, using scissors, cut off his penis, which he ran away with. Later that day, deputies arrested Bonilla at the place... I think it's Bonilla. I'm not sure. It's a thing. I'd have to ask uh, Alex here, but I don't think I'm gonna... Because uh, they arrested him at his place of employment, and his bond was set at one and a quarter million dollars. The family of the victim declined to comment, but said through the sheriff's office the victim was doing well medically. Our next story, T parenthesis winning? In parenthesis? Twinning? T winning? I don't know. Keep up with us here. Oh boy. <clears throat> Hunker down, here we go. On August 1st, identical twin brothers Andy and Chad Baker of Nashville, Tennessee, Andy and Chad, were on their way to the annual Twins Day Festival in Twinsburg, Ohio, in their identical blue Tesla Model 3s, when an Ohio State Trooper pulled them both over for having identical license plates reading Sub-J-T-O. The brothers patiently explained to the officer that the plates are, in fact, different. In one, T-O is spelled with a zero, and in the other, it's spelled with a capital O. 
Nobody likes getting pulled over by police. We were both nervous, but it's a great story, and we will tell it all weekend, Andy told Fox 8. Andy is a dullard. <laughs> no, no, guys, you don't... No, listen, shut up. You don't get it. Look, we got pulled over, right? Because he said we had the same license plate, right? But no, one's a zero and one's an O. Isn't that hilarious? And that's when they threw Andy and Chad into the lake. Can't stand the heat. It's been a hot summer in Europe. Among those suffering was an unnamed 66-year-old military veteran in the small southeastern French town. Oh, boy. I, you know what? We're just going to American this. Les Arc Sir Argens, who had been complaining for several weeks to his landlady, Maurice Mallon, 71, about the lack of air conditioning in his villa. That may have been why the local reported that he shot the, quote, sweet, kind, and caring lady three times, killing her. Mallon had agreed to install air conditioning, but told the tenant it couldn't be done until October. Here's the thing. I have... Do you... People in Europe. People in Europe. Lend me your ears. Do you guys not have air... Con, like, window air conditioners? I know you... For some reason, you're, like, really anti-air conditioning over there. I don't particularly like using mine. But I only use it, like, two months out of the year. Maybe three total. And mine's just a little window thing. I don't have central air. I would like it someday, but... Uh, there are many other things that need to happen in this house before that becomes a thing. Um, but do you just not have, like, window units or something? I'm, I'm legitimately curious. Uh, and, and if not, can you look up online how to make some? Because I know there's a billion and a half little how-tos. And, and I know I've looked at them and I thought, that's a really good idea. I'm absolutely not going to take the time to do that. But I'm just curious. Just curious. Because I've, I've seen things where people, Oh, you Americans with your air conditioners. Blah, 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 blah. America. Psh, whatever. And then it's like 80 degrees for two days. And you're like, oh my god, we're dying. Two men in Antwerp, Belgium. Antwerp, Belgium. Felt the heat on July 24th when they accidentally got locked into a shipping container full of cocaine. In the huge port at Antwerp, reported AFP, that day temperatures reached a record high of 104 degrees Fahrenheit, stifling the 24- and 25-year-old who had entered the container to, quote, remove the drugs, according to prosecutors. As the mercury rose, they desperately called a police emergency number, and the police finally found them two hours later. They gratefully gave themselves up. Port workers were videotaped pouring water over the pair to try to lower their body temperatures. Okay, so this is the thing. 104, that's hot. And you've been locked in a shipping container. That does not help. I work outside all day. And I've worked outside all day when it was 104. And it is not comfortable. And I was, thank God, to be home with my little tiny window air conditioner thing. So, I mean, I get I get that you're hot. I get that it's uncomfortable. But, I mean... Join us. Join the rest of the world. And air conditioning is great. But it's also terrible, so I understand why you're probably against it. And that's partly why I don't use it as much as I do, as I should and could, uh, I should say. Also, it helps that my house is really old. It's not insulated worth a damn, but it doesn't get really hot most of the time. Anyway, going to ex excuse me, going to extremes. Kim Gordon, Commissioner Gordon's niece. 55 vanished on February 25th, according to his 17-year-old son. Oh, 
Batkim after going for a nighttime swim at Monastery Beach in Monterey, California, an area with a deadly reputation sometimes called Mortuary Beach. Ooh, that's spooky. The Associated Press reported that police searched for three days before learning the Scotsman from Edinburgh, also known as Kim Vincent Avis, faced 24 charges of rape in Scotland, which made them suspicious about the story. When that came up, we started to wonder if this is a hoax, said Monterey County Sheriff's Captain John Thornburg. Captain John Thornburg, how may I help? Finally, on July 26th, the U.S. Marshals Service announced that it caught up with Gordon in Colorado Springs, Colorado, not to be confused with Colorado Springs, Iowa, where he is now being held. The son has been returned to Scotland and will not be charged with filing a false report. Well, did he? Maybe he really thought that his dad was gone. Stories in Wait What? In a product expansion move that inspires one to shout, Stay into your lane! I don't know why that's been the go-to voice all day. I apologize. Oscar, I'll fix it. Oscar Mayer announced on August 1st that it is entering the dessert category with the Ice Dog Sandwich, an ice cream sandwich with cookie buns surrounding bits of candied hot dog meat and spicy mustard ice cream. United Press International reported that the company partnered with a New York ice cream company to create the confectionery treat. A bonus, French's announced the day before the creation of its own mustard-flavored ice cream together with Cool House. You know what? I would probably try that. I probably wouldn't like it, but I would try that. Why not just try it? What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to go, ugh, I don't like that. Have a drink of water. You're done. I, I don't I don't get it. Least competent criminals. Police in Sydney, Australia had a drug bust land in their laps on July 22nd when an unnamed man, they're everywhere, slammed a van loaded with 600 pounds of methamphetamines into a patrol car parked outside a suburban police station. The car was empty at the time of collision, Reuters reported, and the van sped away from the scene. But police caught up with the 28-year-old driver an hour later and charged him with drug supply and negligent driving. The drugs had an estimated street value of about $140 million. Australian or American? They didn't specify. Michael Harrell, 54, strolled into a U.S. bank in Cleveland on July 29th with a note demanding cash from a teller. This is a robbery. Don't nobody, or don't get nobody hurt. I, I went back to the voice and screwed up my reading because it dawned on me I did it. Let's change that. <clears throat> this is a robbery. Don't get nobody hurt. Unfortunately, according to WJW, he wrote the note on a document he had apparently received from the Ohio Bureau of Motor Vehicles, which included his full name and address. The teller who called Harold by his first name after seeing it on the letter, gave him $206 and summoned police who later arrested him. That is not an old, a new story. That is an old story. I have seen it told several different ways. Uh, the most common one being that someone will write the note on the back of like a deposit slip. Sticking it to the recycling man... A man in southern Spain who is a serial mocker of recycling efforts was fined 45,000 euros or $50,000 and ordered, oh I saw this, in order to retrieve a refrigerator he tossed down a hillside in July. Spain's Guardia Civil identified the man from a Twitter video he posted of the refrigerator incident with the truck he used and its license plate clearly visible behind him, the local reported. He could also be seen in a different video throwing a washing machine into a ravine on the same, in the same area. The truck was registered to a house clearing company in Almeria from which the man was promptly fired. 
In a tit-for-tat, officers later posted video of the man struggling to bring the refrigerator back up the hill. Yeah, they made him go down there and get it, and I think that's fine. Do it. Make him do it. Our next, also, maybe the first time we've said tit-for-tat in the news. 200 and, well, in the history of all of these different versions of the show, probably well over 300 times, but probably the first for that. Rude Awakening, Alice Coleman, 61, of Fort Lauderdale, Lauderdale, excuse me, Florida, hopped out of bed early on August 5th to check on a fire alarm that was blaring outside her apartment. When she opened the door, 34-year-old Fitzroy Morton, wow, that's a name, uh, Fitz there confronted her, brandishing a, quote, big butcher knife, Coleman told WSVN. Morton told her, no ma'am, everything's gonna be all right, but Coleman set him straight. Everything's not gonna be alright. I'm not your mama. I don't know who you are. Get out of my house. Then she bit him. And I didn't even have my teeth in my mouth like now, she explained. Coleman ran out of the apartment where Morton locked herself in and called police from a neighbor's apartment. Morton was charged with three felonies and Coleman is vying to be more cautious. I'll open my door with taser because I have one. Uh, No parentheses on the Florida in that one or on the next one. Apparently, though, it's okay to bite somebody in Florida as long as you don't have your teeth in. Force of nature. As a storm rolled through Port Charlotte, Florida on August 1st, Mary Lou Ward and her husband got an explosive surprise. Ward said she heard a boom that was the loudest noise she'd ever heard. We smelled smoke and I looked outside, she told W-I-N-K, Wink News. Smoke was coming from her septic tank, but it was the indoor effect that really shot them. Her master bedroom toilet was in hundreds of pieces. A plumber explained that a nearby lightning strike ignited methane gas that had built up in the pipes and septic tank, destroying not only the tank and the toilet, but the indoor plumbing as well. Fortunately, no one was hurt. I'm just glad none of us were on the toilet, Ward said. Ward is apparently Mickey Mouse. Um, oh boy. Yeah, methane gas, sure. UFOs, not real. It's just an exploding septic tank from all the methane gas. You guys. You guys.
Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for Electric Leftovers this week. I hope you had a nice time listening. I had a nice time talking about it. We actually had a lot to talk about uh, this week, so that's that's something that doesn't happen very often, right? Uh, would like to, of course, thank you for listening. Would like to remind you that you can check out all the old episodes of this show and all of the video games and everything else we talk about, the soundtrack that you heard, over at lowbiasgaming.net. Got to make sure the dot's in there. Or it's just low bias gaming net, and that's not going to take you anywhere. Um, where, yeah, you can get the videos, you can get the soundtracks, um, all of the other stuff we talk about, like we talked about the 365 days of these SNES is there, and the Mystery Science Theater stuff. You can, of course, see all of the same things over on our YouTube page, which is low bias gaming. If you are interested in my YouTube page, uh, you can find that at youtube.com slash Jason's Groove Machine. That is me. And uh, if you would like to support the podcast and the show and all the other stuff that we are doing, uh, we are, well, I am at uh, patreon.com slash Jason's Groove Machine. What else can I tell you? Well, nothing. I suppose that's just about going to do it and wrap it up. I'm going to go and start putting the show together and have some of that dinner that was finished some time ago. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Brought to you by... Electric Leftovers is a low-bias gaming production. Low-bias gaming. We play games.